Good evening and welcome to the PG Nip. We are an independent radio show slash podcast dispensing only the finest in grandiose infotainment, provocative parody and improbable interviews. And now on with the show. Good evening and welcome back to Modern Living with Bob McDougalls, the show that briefly touches on small bits, just like your drunk uncle used to do. And today, we're going to be talking about how the internet has affected people's attention span. We've got Dr. Rosenblatt on the line. Uh, Doctor, is it true that humanity doesn't really have the mental capacity anymore to concentrate on one thing for more than about 30 seconds? Well, Bob, we are definitely seeing a trend that way, especially... Okay, we've got to end it there as we are out of time. Tune in next week for more Modern Living. As part of an ongoing legal matter, the producers of The Practical Guide to Nothing in Particular are obligated to inform you that we are not currently receiving, nor have received in the past, any compensation or subsidized merchandise from Canadian Tire, nor are we affiliated with any divisions of the Canadian Tire Corporation. <clears throat> okay, so what's up next here? Uh, it's some liberal jerk-off that wants to talk to us about plastics. We hear a lot about cheap crap that you buy these days that doesn't last nearly as long as the made-in-Canada steel stuff from the 60s. But on today's episode, we're going to delve into one fantastic modern invention that is both cheap as fuck, easy to make, and it lasts forever. No, it's not a social media post. What I'm referring to is that miracle material, plastic. So as we know, there are certain types of packaging materials which can be reused over and over again, like glass beer bottles, and others like aluminum cans, which are very efficient to collect and melt down again. But what about all these plastics? Now, most municipalities in North America have some sort of recycling system in place to discourage people from tossing all this leftover plastic straight into the landfill. But sometimes the end result is not at all what the consumer is led to believe. For decades, it was financially and morally beneficial not to build our own recycling infrastructure, but rather to bundle up and ship out much of the unsorted plastics and recyclable materials to China or third world countries where labor costs are a tiny fraction of ours. In theory, the local workers would sort and recycle the plastics so that the raw materials could at least be partially reused, probably to make more new plastic crap for North Americans to buy. However, what tends to happen is that the plastic still gets dumped into landfills just now that it happens on the other side of the planet where we don't have to look at it and we can still pretend we've done a good deed towards the earth by recycling it. Part of the problem with plastics recycling is that contamination is a constant battle and there are dozens of different types of plastic in the consumer mixed recycling bin that all require different processing. There's soft plastics and hard plastics and clear plastic bottles and colored plastic bottles. <clears throat> There's PVC and ABS, polyethylene high densities, urethanes, microbeads, and violin all propensities, clamshell packs and crinkly foils and grocery bags and Ziploc sacks, Tupperware, plexiglass, and BPA and thermowax, nylon shoes, fleece outerwear, and chlorinated paraffins, water bottles on the ground from lazy North Americans, fiberglass, formaldehydes, and polytetrapropylenes, cellophanes, Teflon pens, and injection mold, and melamines. There's acetates and carbonates and laminated compounds, the sheer proliferations of variations confounds. The average modern citizen facing the recycling bin is at number five or number six or fuck it all, just throw it in. The average modern citizen facing the recycling bin is at number five or number six or fuck it all, just throw it in. 
There's styrofoam and PET, the elastomeric polymers, and each day we throw away more pounds of drink as Facebook followers. Where it goes, it's hard to say, depends upon who pays the bill. Chances are it's far away to another country's OLED fill. Our oceans and our bodies are filling up with microplastic. The consequences unforeseen but surely will prove quite drastic. A small amount of plastic is a useful thing, it seems. What do we really need? Singly wrapped jelly beans. Thursday afternoon at 3.10 p.m. live from Zhugatit, South Carolina, it's the Rough and Ready Dick Shooter Blue It Hour. This week, Floyd Knobs is here with Woonsocket Harris and the Three-Way Lubers. As always, we'll have a visit with Grandma Sweet Lips and the Hump Tulip Twins drop around to Mary's Igloo to perform their classic, No Dry Wood in Beaver City, with our very own Effingham Kinkler. See y'all soon! Hi, you're on the air with Rambo and the Billy Goat. Who's this? Oh my god, hi. It's Melissa from here in town. Am I really on the radio? You sure are, Melissa. Are you ready to play for today's big prize? I'm wet with anticipation. Okay, Melissa, pick your category. Science, sports, or salmon? I'm gonna have to go with salmon, Bill. Okay, your question. How much salmon can the Vugan fillet in the time it takes to walk to the combined average length of a human body's blood vessels? We're looking for an answer in kilograms within five kilos. You have five seconds starting now. Oh, jeez. I don't know. 5,000 kilograms? No, I'm sorry. Humans have around 97,000 kilometers of blood vessels at an, at an average walking speed of 6.5 kilometers per hour. It would take 621 days or 14,923 hours to cover that distance. Now, everyone knows that the Vugan can fill a 17.9 kilograms of salmon per hour on an average day. So the answer we were looking for was 261,751.7 kilograms plus or minus 5 kilograms. <laughs> You must be so embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for you. There's no fixing stupid. Next question. Literature, linguistics, or leprosy? You guys aren't very nice. Literature, linguistics, or leprosy, Melissa? Linguistics? Linguistics. Tell me, which part of your lips will you kiss my ass with to learn what today's big prize is? I don't think I want to play anymore. Consider this a freebie. Today's big prize is a cool $14.37 and a coupon for half off your second meal at the Sausage Shack when buying the first or triple regular price. That doesn't sound like a very good... Last question, Melissa. Barley, Baccarat, or Bobcat Goldthwait? I'd like to phone a friend. That's not the game we're playing here. Uh, Barley? Barley. Non-alcoholic beer is made by eliminating fermentation or by removing the... What? Five seconds. By removing the yeast? Nope, sorry. Non-alcoholic beer is made by eliminating fermentation or by removing the fun from beer. Damn it, I knew that. Sure you did. Better luck next time, Melissa. But she doesn't go home empty-handed, does she, Goat? No, as a consolation prize, Melissa will receive a copy of I'll Make You Walk Up the River at Midnight and a complimentary mustache ride courtesy of Harada's all-occasion transport here in town. F*** all y'all. We'd like to issue the following correction. It has been discovered that our correspondent, Sarah Gary Larry, was not actually in Budapest during the Don't Be Hangry, Be Hungry uprising earlier this week, but was instead in Bucharest, 
where a similarly named movement, Don't Be Roman, Be Romanian, was leading protests. Don't Be Roman, Be Romanian is, of course, the group most responsible for the sharp rise in anti-Italian sentiment in the former Soviet bloc in recent years and has been running a campaign of pasta sabotage for decades. We apologize and regret the error. Are you looking for romance? Struggling with the online dating scene and how it only seems to favor these freshly plucked millennials with their perky tits and duck-faced instant filters and hashtag stupid hashtag fucking hashtag hashtags? Well, check out fatbaldmen.com for straightforward, old-fashioned, no-nonsense personal ads where you know what you're getting. And find yourself a handsome, friendly, fat, bald man today on fatbaldmen.com. Not affiliated with baldfatmen.com or fatbaldmenwithmoney.com. Must be 18 years or older. Tonight on Community News, strife in the Belgian lowlands. What does it mean for you? Inflation is up, deflation is down, and defining other key terminology in our economic segment, and St. Andrew's Day is under attack. How you can show your Scottish pride safely and respectfully this coming marching season. But first up, the fight for your kids' mealtimes. Mayor Ron Bradshaw passed the controversial Brunch and Lupper bill into law late Thursday afternoon, paving the way for school administrators and political operatives to start making decisions about when your kids can eat. Here's the mayor himself describing the aim of the law. There's nothing more to it sometimes. Kids get hungry about 10.30 or <laughs> need a pick-me-up at 2 o'clock to get through the rest of the day. This law allows our kids to get the nutrition they need and deserve. It's the best solution, and anyone who thinks differently is a f Are oh, you listening to, to this? A pick-me-up? What kind of dope is the mayor trying to peddle on her children here? And more to the point, what is a kid going to eat at 10.30 that they shouldn't have had at 7 o'clock or could just as easily have at noon? It gets worse. Here's the mayor again. Uh, schools and community centers will have to offer an assortment of foods in their cafeterias that are healthy and nutritious. Vegetarian, vegan, kosher, and halal options will be available as well where demographic and demand warrant them. We turn now to our in-house nutrition specialist, Dr. Werner von Victual. Dr. von Victual, what exactly is the mayor trying to accomplish here? Well, it's clear to me and should be clear to anyone listening that the mayor is trying to impose his radical agenda on our children by turning them into There is no basis in nutritional science for Lupper. What the hell even is that? If anything, it should be Linner, and that's moronic. Look, we all know that kids only eat once a day and in such small quantities that a pocketful of dry oatmeal should suffice. They don't care for sweets or chocolatey things anyways. Children prefer bland, unseasoned foods like raw tofu and cream of wheat. As for providing nutritious food, I don't think Mayor Cheeseburger here could find his own with a much less a healthy meal. He is a large man. <clears throat> but doctor, how can we as parents make sure that our children aren't being fed the gentleman's relish in these so-called schools? First, we have to recognize that schools are for fish and what we actually want are places where our children can thrive. Let's call them education camps. Even better, let's call them re-education camps, because we've got to disabuse our kids of the idea that they can eat at any time of day, all willy-nilly like the damn Swedes. The problem is concentration. Kids can't keep anything straight anymore, and if you're going to introduce extra meals to their day, they won't be able to complete their important learning objectives. You know, if we're going to have re-education camps, why can't we have... Doctor, I don't think you want to say... Concentration camps. What would be so wrong with that? It it's just that in the past, Doctor... We could get the kids focused on the task of learning, keep their minds away from such inane ideas as brunch and lupper, and put this nation back on the road to prosperity. Thank you. 
Dr. Werner von Victual, Community News' nutrition expert. We asked the mayor's office for comment, but only receive a tersely worded fax in reply that stated simply, just take the L, then suck my D. News next at 11. Did your engine block crack, need a muscle car for the track, or you watched Unforgiven and want to try horseback? Is there a leak in your rad, want to take a girl to grad, or everything sucks and you're feeling sad? At Harada's, we've got a huge variety of vehicles available for daily or hourly rental. Some of the new additions this month are a 1994 Dodge minivan, a kid-sized dirt bike with a toddler-sized sidecar attached, a canoe on wheels like they had in that Kids in the Hall fur trader skit, and a pair of Arabian spider mules with matching sequined saddles. Come on down, look around, pick a ride, and hit the town at Harada's All-Occasion Transport. Well, listeners, let me pose a question to you. Do you sometimes enjoy the substance known as food? You know, chow, provisions, vittles, vesicles, grub, or groceries? I bet you do, haha. <laughs> and you probably source most of your nutritional needs from the old grocery store. And maybe you haven't noticed, maybe you have a salaried household staff and a belligerent Swedish chef who looks after all your culinary needs. But if you personally have been inside a grocery store in the last two years, shit's done got fucked. One decent sized bag of groceries can easily set you back a hundred bucks these days. One of the food categories where inflation has hit the hardest is meats. And combined with a grocery trend towards plant-based diets, sales of vegan meat substitutes have been increasing exponentially in the recent years. On the phone right now, we've got Dr. Heinlich Bumstead and his company has some very interesting ideas about the future of meat substitutes and where they're going to take us. Good evening, doctor, are you there? Yes, thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about your company and what you do. Well, as you know, we're seeing a lot of growth with the fake meat in the last few years. Until we really get the federal maggot farms up and running at a high level, most of the synthetic meats are coming from plant proteins, peas, beans, tofu, and the such. But if you look at the ingredients in a meatless burger or pseudo-sausage, well, the thing is, these plant proteins don't really naturally clump together like a nice ground up cow leg. So they've got to put in all these fillers and glues and binding agents to make it at least somewhat resemble a typical meat burger or a tube steak. Otherwise, nobody would buy it. So I started a business last summer with some of my grad students in chemistry and a woman who's really, really into um, plasticine sculpting. And what we've done is develop a process that pushes plant-based protein patties to the pinnacle of pleasure and profitability. So instead of using the typical binding agents like glycerin or guar gum or carnauba wax, which are increasingly hard to source, we've been getting these great deals on bales of mixed plastic recycling. In fact, they pay us to take them away. Well, we put the whole lot in a big industrial boiler, which is heated up by burning old tires. And then as the bales dissolve, the metal sinks to the bottom and the styrofoam floats on top. And the goo left in the middle of the tank is just perfect for mixing in with vegan meat patties. And so with this technology, we can offer vegan bean clumps at wholesale cost for half our competitors, which is just, which is just great deal for the consumer. But is it really safe to be adding these boiled plastics to a food product? Well, that's the great thing about plastic. It's basically an inert substance like, uh, like the noble gas helium. Think about it. What happens when your dog eats a pair of sunglasses? 
they just shit it out the next day. You wipe them off, or none the worse for wear. So if a synthetic protein burger has 35% post-consumer plastic, that also means it has 35% less calories by weight, which is definitely a strong selling point for the fat ass consumers. And believe me, if you knew what went into your typical meat-based hot dog, you'd wish you were eating nice, clean, boiled plastic. Okay, well, point taken, I guess. I look forward to trying out some of your meatless clumps next time my personal chef takes the Bentley out for a shopping trip. The Practical Guide to Nothing in Particular was written and produced for no particular reason, by no one you've ever heard of, and for a budget of practically nothing. We broadcast new shows every Metric Wednesday, and this week we are coming to you live on CB Channel 8, courtesy of an abandoned 1977 Datsun Motorhome.